Amen, ladies. Thank you so much for that wonderful, wonderful special music. God bless you for it. Listen, folks, uh, if you're a member of the church, why don't you consider recording some sort of special music? Maybe uh, call the office, talk to uh, Pastor Devian, see what you can set up, and he'll help you in any way he can. What a wonderful thing it is to be able to share like that, and that's how we can stay in touch a little more, and it sort of makes the church a home, don't you think? Well, with your Bible open, please, at Matthew chapter 3, we're going to be looking at this subject here, Suffer It to Be So Now. Suffer It to Be So Now. That is our message for today. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you with all our hearts that you are still in control. We have nothing to fear as the ladies were, were singing that, that message to our hearts. Father God, I pray that you would please encourage us as we look at the scriptures together. And Lord, I pray that if there be one watching uh, that has not yet received Jesus as his or her personal Savior, that you would show them the necessity to do that now before it's too late. These are certainly the last days in which we find ourselves. Help us, Father, to let our light shine so that others would come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Bless, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we've got a very uh, interesting passage of Scripture here, and our, our theme, our text is, Suffer it to be so now. Let's begin with a, uh, a word of definition, shall we? The word suffer, as, as mentioned here in verse 15, the word suffer means to carry on under some sort of circumstance. To carry on under some sort of circumstance. Now, that word suffer is different from the word allow, because you see, allow just requires the permission, whereas suffer requires the participation of the subject. And so the subject here is participating, he or she is involved, they're going along under or with the circumstance. Now there are times in our lives when these words are very important and very applicable and we need them. And I think that we're, we're in those times these days. I want to give you three different ways, different times if you will, when these words are very applicable to us. The first is found here in Matthew chapter 3 verses 13 to 15. John the Baptist, his job was to preach repentance to the people and prepare the nation Israel for the Messiah so that they could receive their king, Messiah Jesus. Of course, it didn't go quite according to plan, did it? But John's job was to preach and to baptize. And he baptized people unto repentance. They were sorry for their sins. They uh, wanted to get right with God. They heard John the Baptist preaching. They they knew he was a, a great preacher and a man of God. They, they venerated him as a prophet of God. And so uh, he was preaching, come and get baptized, I'll baptize you, and that'll be a sign of your repentance, getting right with God. And he baptized many, many, many people. And then one day Jesus came, and Jesus said, baptize me, John. And here in verse 13, then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee. And comest thou to me? Verse 15. And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. 
the first time that these words are applicable are when we don't fully understand, we don't fully appreciate what God is doing. God is at work. He's moving. He's got plans of his own. And we don't understand them. John the Baptist didn't understand. Jesus came to be baptized. He didn't understand. He said, I need to be baptized of you, not the other way around. And Jesus said, no. He said, suffer it to be so now. Go along with this. Because in doing so, we fulfill the will of God. That's what we learn here. There are times when things seem to be going strange. Not what we're used to. Demands are made upon us that don't make a lot of sense at the time, anyhow. Perhaps loved ones making a, a mess of their lives, a wreck of their lives. Doesn't that just hurt you? Doesn't that just pain you when you see a loved one making a disaster, a wreck of his or her life? That's got to hurt. Sometimes plans for the future get changed. Hey, how about a flat tire when you're in a hurry? Boy, there's a change in plans for you. Sometimes a car accident where the car is wrecked, but the body's fine. I'm talking here in point number one, mainly of a change in plans that we've made. What do we do? What do we do when our plans suddenly get changed like that? I'll tell you what we do. We obey the words of Jesus. Suffer it to be so now. And here's why because we'll understand better by and by. Folks, there's so much we don't understand. Isn't that right? There's so much we do not understand. The Lord knows, and he just asks us by faith, go along with it, go along with it. I know what I'm doing, says God. Uh, if you take a look at Gospel of John, I think you'll get a little um, insight here. John chapter 7. John chapter 7. This is a principle that I... I first learned about when I was in Bible college, and it's done me well. All these uh, many years, it's been uh, over 40 years now that uh, I've, I've recalled the words of, of uh, the Lord Jesus in John 7 and verse 17. Jesus said, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. And here's the principle. By faith. Do God's will today. And then what God will do is tomorrow he'll give you deeper understanding. He'll show you. You'll understand it better by and by. God's ways are better than our ways. They're higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Isaiah 55 promises us this. God's ways are so much better than our ways. And he often takes us for a turn on God's pathway. Later, we'll understand that if we had gone straight ahead instead of taking that turn, we didn't plan on taking the turn. God made us take the turn. But later down the road, we find out if we had a gone straight with our plans, we would have walked into disaster. Perhaps we would have stepped on some kind of bomb or something like that. And God, in his wisdom, directed our steps around the disaster. And that's why we have verses like Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And that includes this pandemic. I am, I am like you, I am amazed that there's 
over 2 million people now, uh, well over 2 million people affected by COVID-19. And so many, many deaths. Ah, oh, look at the death rate. It's, it's staggering, isn't it? Maybe you know of someone who's sick, or perhaps you even know of someone who's, who's died of COVID-19. These things we don't understand yet, but we'll understand better by and by. And God knows what he's doing. God has allowed this thing, and we need to follow him. Sometimes God does things that we just won't understand until we get to heaven. That's all right. Give God the benefit of the doubt. Trust in God's leading because he makes no mistakes. These words of Jesus are very applicable to our lives. Number one, when we don't fully understand what God is doing. But number two, listen carefully. Number two, when sufferings come our way. Sometimes suffering does find us. Now let's take our Bibles and turn back to the book of Job, a familiar story, the book of Job, right before the book of Psalms, the book of Job, and go to chapter 2, Job chapter 2. Job chapter 2, we have this, this story of, of Satan going to God and getting permission from God to do some nasty in Job's life. And this is the, uh, the, the happenings, the action behind the scenes, behind the curtain that, that we don't see here on earth. But it's happening all the time in heaven. And so Satan said in verse 4, skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life, but put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse thee to thy face. That's what Satan said to God concerning Job. And so God answered. Verse 6, The Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. You may not kill him, but you can afflict him. And suffering, more suffering, I suppose I should say, came to Job as if he wasn't suffering enough. Physical suffering this time. Verse 7. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And he, that's Job, took him a potsherd to scrape himself withal. And he sat down among the ashes. Well, here I'm using the word suffering now to refer to physical suffering, mental suffering financial suffering, some sort of pain and torment, perhaps. And this is probably the time when we'll need the words of Jesus the most. I think that this might include sickness. It might include job loss. It might include financial disaster. It might include the death of a loved one. You see, this is more than just your plans being changed on you. This is more than just point one. Now it seems that the devil has gotten permission to come and lay a hand upon you and really mess things up. So this is more than just a little detour in the road. This is when sufferings come upon us. Hey, listen, if you can fix them, fix them. When sufferings happen, some pretty bad stuff. If you can fix them, fix them. 
If you need to go to the doctor, go to the doctor. If you need to get some professional help in some area, get some professional help. If you can fix it yourself, fix it yourself. But if you can't fix it, what do you do? Well, what you do is you abide by the words of Jesus. Suffer it to be so now. Job may be a perfect example of this principle. Point one, we'll understand it better by and by. Point number two, God has lessons for us to learn and listen, blessings to give us. Let's not forget that God is a God of, of love and tenderness and care and blessings. And God desires to, to put blessings in our lives. Now the story with Job is that Job was tested severely, perhaps more than any other man. We don't know. But severely tested. And he would not curse God. He didn't look up at God and shake his fist and say, this is all your fault and you don't love me. He didn't do that. No, not in your life. Job respected God. Now he complained and whined, but he respected God. But the thing is, in the end of the story, God blessed Job and gave him twice as much as he had before. And God often, often has blessings for you and me. And the way he chooses to give them is through suffering. Suffering is a test of your faith. In this case here, it's a test of your faith. Now take your Bible, please, and turn back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 32. Let's take a look here at an example with Jacob. And Jacob, we pick up the story in verse 24. And this, of course, is when he was on his way back home and he got news that his, uh, his brother was after him. And he was scared. His brother had amassed a, an army of 400 men. And uh, Jacob had his wives and his children and the servants and the flocks. That's what he had. And he knew that without God's help, he was going to die. And everything he had was going to be taken. And so, verse 24, Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he, that Jacob said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Wow! How about that? We like that. We like the end of this story. We like those blessings. But how did Jacob get those blessings? He had to go through the suffering. And maybe you're going through some suffering, or maybe you will go through some suffering one day this week or next week. Next month, maybe. This week or next week. And when that comes, I want you to try to remember the words of this message here, and the words of Jesus, who said, Suffer it to be so now. Let me show you another example here in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians. Would you turn there, please? 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I want you to show I want to show you here another example 
This time it's from the life of the Apostle Paul himself. And here's physical suffering. We pick up the story in verse 7 of chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians. He wrote, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Boy, here's the end, the happy end of this sad story here. Here is some suffering that God allowed in the Apostle Paul's life. Why did God allow it? God allowed it so that he could bless Paul. That's why he allowed it. So he could bring in more blessing and more power. And beloved, isn't that what you're wanting? More power in your prayer? More power in your walk with God? Aren't you wanting more power in your influence with your unsaved family friends or possibly with your saved family? Oh, listen, if you have a family member who's not living for the Lord, don't you wish that you had more influence and power in his or her life? I'm sure you do. How do we get that power? Well, we need to abide by the words of Jesus. Suffer it to be so now. That could be a hard thing, you know, sometimes when you just got to kind of bite your lip and say nothing. That can, that can be very difficult. Here, in this point number two, we see that God has lessons for us to learn. And through the suffering, through the difficulties, we will learn spiritual lessons. We will learn things that God has for us that we couldn't learn any other way. That's the truth. And so this is the second way in which we need the words of Jesus. Suffer it to be so now. God cares for his children. And when he allows suffering, it's only so that he can teach us important lessons and to bless us, like how he blessed Jacob, like how he blessed the Apostle Paul. So when sickness and suffering come upon us, what are we to do? I'll tell you what we're to do. We're to abide by the words of Jesus. Suffer it to be so now. When we, number one, don't fully understand what God is doing in our lives and our plans get changed, we'll understand it better by and by. Number two, when physical, financial torturings and sufferings come upon us, it's God's design in order to teach us and to bless us. And we come to the third time in which these words of Jesus will come to our rescue. And this one is probably the most difficult. I want you to listen carefully as you take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 5. Let's go there. Matthew chapter 5. We need these precious words of Jesus. Suffer it to be so now. Here it is, number three, when other people injure us. When other people purposely injure us. Now this is different from point number one, having your plans altered. 
Point number two, having some sort of suffering. Point number three, having some enemy purposely hurt you and injure you. This third circumstance is, I think, probably the hardest one to go along with because it's not in our nature to do it. We want to scream, we want to cry, we want to hit, we want to fight back. And the Lord Jesus says, suffer it to be so now. This is not an easy one, and I'll admit that I struggle with it too. But look at chapter 5, and I want you to see verse 30, well, let's start verse 38. Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. That's not so easy. That is pretty hard. When someone purposely does you dirt, they purposely harm you. You know, there's a time to defend yourself, but then there's a time when it just comes by surprise and you're not able to defend yourself. Sometimes those people are bigger and stronger and have more resources, and they do things they shouldn't do. And it's not right in the eyes of God. It's not right in the eyes of men. But it happens, doesn't it? It happens. Turn to the book of Romans now, chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. Chapter number 12. This is an important verse, and it goes along hand in hand with what Jesus said in Matthew 5.39. This is very important, very important. Verse 19. Romans 12, verse 19. I want you to read that verse out loud together with me. There ain't there in your home. I hope you have your Bible open in front of you. I want you to read this verse out loud, verse number 19. Read it with me now. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Folks, this is when your faith is put to the test. This is it right here. And when this happens, it brings you into a special favor with your Heavenly Father. When someone purposely goes out of their way to hurt you, you become the special object of His love and His favor. The apple of His eye, in fact. You think of a parent whose child has been hurt by a, a bully. Maybe the bully down the street or the town bully the bully at school. Your child comes home to you and right away, you know, you feel several emotions racing through you. You feel uh, pity. You feel um, the pain. You feel hurt. You feel offended. You feel angry at that bully. You want to go and do something. Well, our Heavenly Father feels the same way. He that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. When someone hurts you, 
Now, I'm not saying when you go out and ask for it, you go out and spit in Superman's face and he blows you to the end of the street. I'm saying when you're living for Jesus and someone does you harm and does you dirt, maybe you've tried to share Jesus with them and they've just, you know, risen up like some grizzly bear and uh, tried to say or do bad things to you. You are the special object of God's love and favor. You come into a special closeness. You share with Jesus Christ his sufferings. And that brings you into special relationship. Leave it with God. He will make it up. He will. Resist not evil. Here we're, we're told here, avenge not yourselves. The words of Jesus, suffer it to be so now. Suffer it to be so now. I've tried looking up this hymn, How Firm a Foundation. It's a marvelous hymn. We have it in our hymn books. There's only a few verses. I think three or four verses, I think, in our hymn book. The hymn was first published back in 1787. And I've not been able to find who the author of the words were. Because usually our hymns have an author of the words and an author of the music. And somewhere along the line they get together and we, we've got a great hymn. Well, we've got a great hymn in this How Firm a Foundation. You know the hymn. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. You know that hymn. You've probably sung it for years. Well, did you know that there's a whole lot more verses? Did you know that? Let me read for you a couple of the verses. I'll not try to sing them. Here's one of the verses. In every condition, in sickness, in health, in poverty's veil, or abounding in wealth, at home and abroad, on the land, on the sea, as thy days may demand, shall thy strength ever be. Even down to old age, all my people shall prove my sovereign, eternal, unchangeable love. And when hoary hairs shall their temples adorn, like lambs, they shall still in my bosom be born. The soul that on Jesus has leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to its foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Suffer it to be so now. Number one, when things don't go your way and your plans get changed, folks will fully understand down the road. Number two, when sufferings come upon you, God is only wanting to teach you and to bless you. And number three, when enemies purposely, maliciously say or do horrible things to you. That's when God brings us into tremendous favor, closeness and tenderness with himself. And he will look after those evildoers. 
Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. You can trust God's word. Remember these words of Jesus. Suffer it to be so now. Go along with it. Let God teach you and bless you and guide you. And now would you bow your head with me in a word of prayer.